Welcome to TNT with Teresa Quinlan and Reese Thomas. We are friends from across the pond on a life evolution. We want to bring you topics that challenge your status quo, guests that help you think differently, and nuggets of wisdom that spark being. Being what? You. Authentic you. Today, we welcome Claude Silva, VaynerMedia's, the world's first ever chief heart officer. Claude fuses empathy with agency to unlock employee potential and foster a culture of belonging. Between her education in positive psychology, years as an advertising strategist, and time at VaynerMedia, Claude has been studying and influencing human behavior for over three decades. Outside of VaynerMedia, Claude speaks globally about the need for heart leadership in today's workplace, and the importance of treating employees like people, not numbers. Her success in guiding client relationships, global brand strategies, operations, management, and culture is driven by an abiding passion for creating spaces in which people can thrive. Welcome to TNT, Claude. Thank you, great to be here. So glad we could connect today. So happy, we're gonna let our audience know not once, not twice, but three times we made this work in our schedules. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Yeah, so as always, we'd like to kick off with a question about what drives your passion, your, your purpose, your, your obsession in a good way. There are many things we could touch on here, and I'm sure we'll get to them throughout the conversation. But one of the things we discussed before hit and record was this question of transparency and its importance in today's communication in the leadership. Why is that important to you? And, and how have you come to that through your learnings? So what drives my passion and my curiosity and my purpose every single day is knowing that we are resilient creatures and there is a silver lining, I believe, emotional optimism, no matter how you slice it. Uh, that could be very different for each and every individual, but possibility reigns true and that drives me every single day. If you fall down 200 times, I guarantee you'll get up 201 times. That's just the way it is. So. That's what drives me, you know, people, human behavior, feelings, understanding the, the, the depth of feeling and then, the, and then how you can surface out of those. And in terms of transparent communication in today's workplaces and cultures, I, I don't think it's ever been needed more than in 2020 and what we've been facing in terms of, you know, the triage that we've all had to do, putting out fires, plugging holes, whatever you want to call it, whether or not it's through COVID or after the murder of George Floyd and the assurgence of Black Lives Matter, certainly here in America, there has just never been more of a need to lean in with clarity, kindness, and be very specific and real about what is going on. Uh, our people not only need to hear that, but they deserve to hear that. And I think in leaning in that much further to our people, I believe that they will respond in a uh, reciprocal way and really want to be with us for the ride, really want to take the challenge of, you know, seeing what's behind door number two. The word resilient is a fascinating word. I wonder if we can couple it with the word respond just for a, a minute, because you just said that word as well. And I think something really interesting in the dynamic between resiliency is that there's an implication of the individual can respond to whatever is occurring that requires resiliency as opposed to reacting to it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the difference between responding and reacting when it comes to that resiliency piece. 
Yeah, well, I think I love the question, actually, because I, I think that's uh, right on the money. Reacting to me always makes me think of being on the defense and being on the ropes and having to really stumble a little bit to find my footing. That's not to say that response isn't a, a stumble in some way, shape, or form, but I, I believe that there's a little bit more intentionality to response uh, than reactivity, which is literally, holy cow, I just got that water in my face. I need to clear off my eyes first and wipe my face clean. And with the response, I have a little bit more wherewithal. I can feel a little bit more grounded, perhaps, mm -hmm. to be intentional about whatever I'm about to deliver on, wherever I'm going. And that makes me more present. And I think that's going to make me, whomever that is, just feel like they're in the game rather than being dragged into the game from the stands, which is a little different. Mm. By design rather than by default. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about that very thing this morning on the difference between reacting and responding and the idea that, you know, the reaction is more of a, a triggered automatic mechanism kind of thing that you don't have any control over, essentially. Whereas when you can respond, you might end up doing the same same reaction, but it, at least it gives you that moment to pause and hold back and, and think about it and, and then be intentional with the action. One thing I wanted to ask you, you know, I wanted to have you on this show for a while and I've seen a lot of your content, a lot of things that you do and, and a lot of things that drive you. And one of the things that comes to me when I'm looking at it is that you view this as a service. This is much more than a purpose. It's much more than a calling. It's much more than a job, obviously. It's it's a level of service, which I, I don't necessarily see that often in many of the people that we, that we see on, on the media. I wanted to know what that means, you know, the, the idea of, of service, what that means to you and, and why it seems to be so prevalent for me in, in, in your words and your actions. Great. Thank you. There's no show about what I do. There's no putting on a costume and all of a sudden becoming... You know, art officer or Claude Silver or, uh, you know, I'm not putting on a uniform and, you know, going on onto the soccer pitch. This is just who I am. And I believe that part of being a human being is to serve others. It's just the way I was raised. I don't, I don't have another, uh, I don't have another DNA. That is the DNA I have, which is to be a generous spirit and to do everything I possibly can to help another person up, up is the word, not out, up. I've been fortunate to be on the receiving end of people's hands pulling me up also. There's nothing else, I mean, this, there's nothing else I would be doing. This is who I've been the entire time, that I have been conscious to being this person. And that's probably, you know, in my adolescence and on, on up. I've had other jobs, mm. they're not careers, I've had other jobs that paid my bills, but I was always doing this. I was always the, you know, the the cheerleader, the captain, the, you can do it. I'm here for you. I got your back. You're safe with me. You're safe with me are five words that I think can go a hundred miles. Five little words can take someone an enormous distance from where they are today. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm here to serve and I, um, I don't see it any other way. It doesn't cost me anything. There's no off button. I got to turn it on now. Oh, I'm going home, I get to turn it off. And when I'm exhausted, I'm still me. You know, just being a human to, in today, 2020, in, in October, it's exhausting. We've gone through so much, but I'm still, I'm still me. And, and boy, oh boy, am I still learning. That's a great segue around this element of I'm just being me. 
and this is the fullness of who I am. And I connected to my why a long time ago. And now I'm actually doing a job that's also connected to it. And I'm in service of who I am, which is so fabulous when you can do that all the time in life. And so the transparency piece connected to discovering our why and then living it without apology in your space and the things you have to manage day in and day out, how do you manage the fatigue around that level of compassion? Hmm. That is something I work on all the time. I have to find ways to empty my bucket or to take five minutes to do a little bit of deep breathing, to get outside. I mean, I, I absolutely must. Um, and sometimes I'm just, I'm literally squeaking the five minutes out. But I, I have to because the fatigue can be incredibly overwhelming. And then, you know, we have life, family, kids, making dinner, looking at the screen all the time. So if I'm not connecting with friends, if I'm not taking my plug and plugging it into uh, to a place that I know I'm going to get some kind of energy, then I'm doing not only a disservice to everyone that I'm working with and working for, but I'm doing a disservice to me and my family too. But certainly to me, because I want to be the best me I can be. And I don't hit it out of the park every day because I'm human. It's super important. And, and, you know, just before I got on with you both, I put on a song that I really love by Pearl Jam. I only, I didn't even listen to the entire song. I listened to about a minute and a half, but that was enough juice for me. Mm. feel like, okay, I'm here. The power of the emotional state. I know what I need to show up in fullness for this conversation is I need this emotional state. What gets me there? Ooh, that song, Pearl Jam, let's rock it out. And yeah, in a heartbeat, those things can be so powerful. Yeah. And so it's, it's all about self-awareness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-awareness now is a, is a term that we're all using 24 seven, mm-hmm. but it's just knowing yourself, right? It's just knowing what you like. That's all it is. And so I know that I need music to get me going. And, and some people need a Diet Coke and some people need to do five miles and whatever it is. That's really interesting to hear you talk about that because typically when we think about someone with a burnout situation, we think it's all in the head. We think there's, there's too much going on there and that's what causes it. But actually something which can cause it's much deeper and much quicker is being in that you know open-hearted position and just giving so much of yourself so freely and unconditionally which is another thing that comes to mind when I'm when I think about what you do and, and how you do it and how you show up and how you inspire other people to follow that model where's that unconditionality come from I mean it's something that I've learned recently it's something that I try to employ in everything that I'm doing and I believe that if more of us can have that unconditional mindset into how we go about what we're doing I feel that so many issues and things that we, we face each day could be could be resolved and that message of unconditionality how sit for you and, and, and is that is that a right read on you is that something that's important for you yeah it is something that's incredibly important I don't have to think about it I mean I was as you were talking, I was thinking, well, the unconditionality just comes from a reservoir that I have. And I just Mm -hmm. am able to keep the faucet running. And the faucet is the energy. The reservoir is the unconditionality. And, and, you know, it's an interesting one. No one's ever really asked me that question. And as I think about it, I I don't know another way of being. If I'm being who I am, which is my authentic self, you're seeing exactly who I am right now. Literally, I just told you I had Pearl Jam, Vans on, I threw this blazer on before I you know, started talking to you. I'm, I'm really, what you see is what you get. So if what you see is what you get with me, then why wouldn't you get all of me, which is unconditional? 
Otherwise I would be masking part of myself or holding back part of myself. And that's, that would really, really mess with my energy. By the way, it would mess with everyone else's energy. (laughs) I wouldn't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, that's a waste of my time. Let's just pause for a second. Well, we just soak in the brilliance of it's a waste of my time. Being anyone other than who I am is a waste of my time. And so I just show up as who I am and let the chips fall where they may. So people might like me, people may not like me. What does it matter to me if they do or don't? I got nothing to do with their opinion. I got nothing to do. And the only thing I can do is better myself every day. That's it. And I can tell you like, out of the, the 10 conversations I've had in the last 24 hours, I hit eight of them out of the park. Two of them, I didn't. And I'm learning from that right now. Even as we speak, it's running through me. Mm. But I, not only what I could have done different, but what I need to do different in that next conversation I have with that person. It's like an infinity loop in a way. I mean, you know, the, the energy is just going back and forth and back and forth, recharging, going back and forth, back recharging. So... I don't have to think about those things too often, but I'm glad that you brought it up. It was a good one for me. We can, let's use that infinity loop for transparency as well, because transparency with self then permits transparency with other people and they feed each other in a very nice way. So if I'm hiding, other people can read that from me and they will hide in return oftentimes, or maybe try to influence for me to come out of the cage. It depends which one in the conversation might be a little bit more emotionally intelligent, a little have a little bit higher self-esteem, Um, want a little bit more of an unconditional response or environment to be in. So how in work and in life, because maybe they're completely exactly the same, do you go about encouraging that level of self to other transparency? Showing up as I am and being an example for others, I think is one way to do that. Although I want to be careful and say, I don't show up to be an example. I show up, I, I'm, I'm pretty vocal about my journey that I, I didn't, you know, didn't go to school to become this person I am at 51. And in fact, I stayed away from school. I, I chose to do the school of life for very many reasons. And I don't wake up every morning and say, I want to inspire 150 people. But if I am putting myself forward and being vulnerable and being what you see is what you get, authentic and being a kind person, I believe that that is noticeable and returned. However, that person wants to or can return it. Mm-hmm. I have no expectation. I really don't. I don't go about life being like, yep, let's see if you can do that. And then I'm going to trust you, Therese. I don't do that. I just trust you. There's no reason not to. You sent me an email. You seem cool. You seem kind. I know what you're about. I, you know, we have like-minded energy. There's no reason for me not to say yes. There's no reason for me not to trust. And in doing that, there's no reason for me not to provide some kind of safe floor for us. You know, I want nothing but the best for you. I want nothing but the best for Jack or for Jill or Sally or Sue. I don't need anything from them other than to want to be their best self so we can figure this out, so we can come on. Let's go. We are on the precipice of something amazing. We, we must, I mean, you can hear it in my voice, like, we got to take the chance. As a collective, we have to take the chance to want to, to just to want to change the energy. 
Mm-hmm. You just go for it. Yeah. So given the kind of tumultuous times that you guys are in at the moment in the, you know, the heat of a, an election, everything else that's going on, how do you role model that idea of this collective unity and, 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 and realizing we're on a precipice and we need to keep moving forward and not relaxing? And I'm interested because you, you said, yeah, I had 10 great conversations, two weren't great. I'm still thinking about them, but I'm not too attached to them so that they're bringing me down. They're just teaching me and I'm learning from them and I'm keep reminding myself and understanding but not getting too uh, attached to whether it was good or bad, whatever they are not labeling it. I'm just being it and doing it and seeing it and hoping that radiates out and, and enjoying the reflection of it back. So how, if we were lucky enough to be in one of your team meetings at VaynerMedia, how would you really drive home what you just said about this important inflection point? We need to take advantage of this unity potential rather than allowing the separateness, which is always prevalent to take, take over. Yeah. I would be talking about the common thread that is being sewn through all of our fabric right now. I talk about our culture as a quilt and each and every person has a little patch and, you know, mine is plaid and yours is pink and yours is denim and hers is silk. But without your pink or my plaid, we're not as strong. I need yours. You need mine. I need hers. He needs his. And, but, but we have a thread that's, that's sewing us all together in a collective community. It's called connection. And there's so much energy in connection. And so I talk a lot about that, this idea of the belonging. So psychological safety I talk about, which leads to belonging and connection. And the connection is like the lighting of the match. And then we can have communication. You can hear it in my voice. It's, it gets fiery, you know, it gets, I get fired up because I have 850 people that are A, wanting to grow, learn and develop and have opportunity every single day. We encourage them all to turn one another into heroes and champions. We encourage people to come from a we, not an I type of energy. And, and, and if you think about that, everything I just said is all about the collective. I turn you into a hero, you turn her into a hero, and so forth and so on. And and there's this thread. So that's how I talk about it. I I certainly don't get on any soapbox and beat a drum about it. That's not my personality. But my my personality is to touch enough people every single day, whether or not it's one-on-one or in groups, and do that over and over and over again, showing up in the same way over and over again. And, And I believe that that actually catches fire. I had a conversation last week with a leader of a company and I don't work with her. We were just sort of chatting, a mutual connection thought that it would be a benefit. And she described said meeting space where she was communicating vision and purpose and the thread. She described that she noticed two of the group were disengaged. And then she proceeded to tell me the story of what she thought that meant. Like I saw disengaged and then proceeded to tell that very ungenerous description of what that meant. And so I had asked her, what have you done about it since? Oh, nothing. I I covered my face and she's like, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm just having a moment where I don't blurt something out of my mouth because we've just met. So I'm, (laughs) I'm actually just regulating how to say what I want to say to you with tact. So I was transparent in what I was trying to do right now, because what I really wanted to say was, what the fuck were you thinking that you haven't done anything yet? This is not good leadership. I'm like, I haven't met you outside of the 10 minutes we've been talking already. So maybe what I could say is, 
why are you allowing such behavior to exist? If you don't address it, how do you expect anything to change? So I said, what are you afraid of? And she was like, oh my God, no one's ever asked me that before. And then went into this spiral of turns out I'm afraid of a lot of stuff, which is why I don't talk to those people. (laughs) In overseeing, in caring for, in leading 850 people, because this is the leader, not many leaders have 850 people in their care, or at least they don't perceive it that way. They perceive I've got this team of 20. So these are the people in my care. With that number of individuals, can you share with our listeners what it is that you see that tells you, "Mm, the group wasn't enough, that person I need one-on-one with? So right now on camera, it's it's even a little bit more difficult, right? Because I can't yeah. I can't feel your vibe. You know, I'm not sharing physical space with you, so I don't know what the texture of this energy is, this frequency. So I have to lean in harder with my ears and my eyes, trying to figure it out. Like, see what your engagement is. See if you're looking at your phone while we're talking or while we're on a you know a large Zoom. Um, if I have any kind of inkling, I'm just going to shoot them a note and, and say, you know, it was great to see you today. I'm going to set up extra time for us to get to know one another. Or great to see you. It's been a long time since we caught up. They're an OG or something. While it is challenging on Zoom, I don't think it's impossible to still read someone and figure out, you know, even like the sadness in someone's eyes or the joy. Plus, let's remember that there is an inter- a massive integration going on between work and home right now we can all see what each other is doing most of the time on social so it's easy for me to say you got a cat that's amazing you got engaged that's so cool someone's in the hospital you can't visit them like that's part of like being human is identifying the fact that we all have these lives that right now most of us are on camera i'm looking you know at your your desk and the medals and you have a be kind sign back there like you're inviting me into your space let's be real about that Mm -hmm. inviting you into my space like we might as well just get real about that and be like huh that's so cool is that our is that raven up there in that painting on the tree you know what are those medals about you know that's how i engage let's talk Mm -hmm. about what's going on right now it's been six and a half months since we saw each other in the hallway how are you doing where are you these days how many different ways have you cooked chicken We just ordered out last night, which is a thrill. I think everyone has access to intuition. Mm -hmm. They choose to access it. Everyone knows what that feeling is like in their gut. We all know what is going on. It's whether or not we choose to really go there. And it's a birthright for all of us to go there. And I can't force anyone to do it. I chose to figure myself out because I didn't like where I was going. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I wasn't, I, there was no way I was going to end up in a ditch somewhere, mm-hmm. metaphorically. And so I chose to get my shit together early on. And it is going to take me a lifetime to do so. But I started. Most important. We've talked about how inspiring you are. You've told us a little bit about your reservoir. You've told us about your energy. You've told us about Pearl Jam. Tell us a bit more about what gets you lit up, what inspires you, who is it, what is it, how does someone like you, who is always giving, always needing to replenish that bucket, how do you stay on top, even though, you know, we've obviously been faced with this triage that you said for for many months now, 
I can feel how much, you know, you want to be back in that office and seeing those people face to face and being in those rooms with them and, you know, touching and holding and hugging and I'm sure all of that sort of stuff. And how do you keep your energy up? How do you keep motivated? How do you keep inspired? That's a, can I just say that's like an HR nightmare question right there, <laughs> touching and holding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not the UK. Like we're in the same space. It's okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. A uh, couple different ways. So I have a two-year-old. She's about to be two. So there is no rest for the wicked. I have a short attention span when I'm with her because she does too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, figuring it out, trying to tire her out. Oh, trying to you know watch her explore what it's like to jump on a trampoline those types of things are really cool for me music is a big deal for me uh, there are certain podcasts i listen to or people i like to listen to at short bursts that energize me and by the way energy doesn't always mean like i'm high as a kite energy mm-hmm. is tara brock her energy is very 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 chill and by the way i'm very 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 chill as well I think some people usually assume that I'm just like, not asleep at the wheel, but I'm pretty zen most of the time. But that doesn't mean I'm not energized and excited, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that has to do with the discovery of human and the discovery of feeling is really exciting to me and the depths of emotion. Not that I want to stay in the depths of emotion all the time, but I like reading a lot about those types of things. And I have friend, I have some wonderful friends that I can plug into. And I, I find that now that we're at home, we plug into each other much more often than we did before. And these are my friends that are scattered. When I used to get asked that question, I felt like my answers were falling short because I don't have, you know, I don't go to a mountaintop and pray. And I thought, you know, I needed to come up with something magnificent. And I was like, but there isn't. It's just who I am. So whether or not I'm listening to Pearl Jam or whether or not I am watching the Wiggles for the 20,000th time, <laughs> I'm really working on finding contentment and happiness in moments right now because it's real easy to future trip for the day that, you know, we're uh, all on a plane again, or I'm back in the office, as you just said, and future tripping is not, it's not healthy for me, I should say. That is a great hashtag in and of itself. Hashtag future tripping. I think I might use that. <laughs> Absolutely. will use that. I will give you props for it though. <laughs> and, and so I'd like to take us into the principles around simplicity because I've heard you say several things right now. And in my head a couple of times, I went totally not rocket science, like just keeping it simple, straightforward, your birthright, like just do it. It's really simple. Just go and do it. And then a whole bunch of crap gets in the way and we don't go and do it. So I'd love to hear your take on simplicity and then what gets in the way of even the simple things. So the way I think about simplicity is common sense in a lot of ways. Like I just think what is simple is usually very like known, sensical, easy to grok. The sky is blue. That's pretty simple. But someone else could look at it right now and say it's partly cloudy. That's their perception. That's their way of thinking. It's not right or wrong. But there's right there is that's not simple to me. And by the way, that's not a judgment on them. It's just not, it's like, it's talking, starting to talk about details or intricacies that I think context is needed, but I do think sometimes context is also a way to avoid what is in front of us. Mm -hmm. 
So let me talk about the conversation I jammed up yesterday. And this is not to go back to it because I have, I have let it go. I need to now have another conversation with this person. In the conversation, I got so in my head that I was not able to be as clear as I needed to be. And when I wasn't clear, what, it, what happened to me is I shrunk. That's not how I want to be. That's not how I need to show up. And it's not how I want to show up. And it is how I showed up. And the conversation did not go well for either of us. I have another chance to have the conversation later on this afternoon. And I need to show up with as much kindness, which I know I can always do, but be extremely clear that we are on our last strike. And this is the deal too. There's no, I'm not fabricating what I, what I know about how you've been behaving in the workplace. 20 people written down right here. And I need to just show up as like my big self and my wise mind and keep it simple. And I got into my head yesterday and I literally went like this. That's a long-winded way of answering the question that sometimes I think too much context or too much detail or too much planning or too much uh, scriptedness can just kill the moment. Yeah, I'm nodding ferociously because I'm agreeing with, yep. Those exact moments when I, I have done the same sort of behavior where I've shrunk out of my strengths or my purpose or my intention because I got in my own head. Yeah. So the great thing is like we always get another at bat until our last breath. So batter up, batter up for Claude today. <laughs> to bring us back sort of full circle, we started talking about transparency and communication, the importance of connection and overcoming, you know, the separateness, the forced separateness that we've been had to endure in this kind of a virtual working environment that we're, that we're living in. It'd be remiss of me not to ask for our listeners to, to give us a bit of an, an eye open to how you have, as someone that many people follow and, and look to, for example, I'm sure you, you know, you had a plan and it's been evolving and it, and it changes and you, it gets bigger and better. And, and, you know, there's a good day, there's a bad day and you keep working towards it. How have you managed to keep those 850 people so close? Well, physically, they're not close anymore. I can feel that they, you're still very close to all of them. I'd be interested to know, what's your secret? One is that I have no plan. I really don't, for better or for worse. But the real secret is that I'm extremely high touch. I'm extremely available. Someone shot me a slack and said, you know, do you have five minutes today? And I said, sure, you know, 1230. And sure enough, he put on 1230 and 1235. He asked for five minutes. But I'm really, really high touch. I mean, I'm reaching out to people constantly. And they are responding back or they're, or they're setting up time with me or I'm proactively setting up time. So I think that's one of the ways that this culture wins is that Gary is extremely high touch. And I'm here to scale Gary in many ways. And while I don't believe that I'm a full-time extrovert at work, I am. Mm. And I put myself out there. That is actually the secret sauce. I've actually never said it like that. Let's hashtag that then as not anymore. Hashtag it. <laughs> that the golden nugget, the practical thing that our listeners that are thinking to themselves, oh, I, I want to stop doing, I'm listening to what she's saying and how it impacts them. And I'm doing the opposite. I want to stop doing that right away. So what's one thing I can start doing differently so I can start being differently and getting different results is putting yourself out there and listening. But put yourself out there. Raise your hand. I'm available. I'm accessible. 
especially if you are in any kind of leadership position. Right now, we don't have office doors, but keep your door open, whatever that is. Because getting a closed door as an employee, and I've gotten closed doors before, it is a sure way of saying, not important, you don't matter to me. I'm only interested in high-level conversations, you know. So here comes my discretionary effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That is an incredible tip. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything in the last 40 minutes of wonderful conversation and insights and personal sharing and vulnerability and transparency. It was really quite beautiful. Thank you. So people are going to want more. Claude, what is the best way for them to follow your trail? I would say LinkedIn and Insta, but LinkedIn for sure. I'm, I'm probably much more active there. Okay. Are you ready for the rapid fire Q&A? I think I was born ready for this. Yes. I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course you were. It's a little bit of fun. We call it rapid fire, but we are a little bit lenient. So if you know you answer and you want to expand, knock yourself out. We'll wait. <laughs> okay. Number one. Which emotion catches you off guard most often? Let me ask you a question. Is that the emotion that I have or emotion someone else might have? Doesn't matter. You interpret the way you want. <laughs> Which emotion catches me the most off guard? You know what? Um, surprise. Okay. And number two, what do you do to regulate that emotion in the moment? Oh, man. I ground. I take these heels of mine and they are like tree roots and they go deep. I ground anything that's going to knock me off. And by the way, surprise could be the best thing in the world or it could be not the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I go, I go deep. I'm a Taurus. I go deep. So full of Scorpio and cancer. So, I mean, I'm extremely emotional too, but. Because it would be easy to, to assume the Taurus goes deep into resistance or grounding in a way that is, I have my resolve. Oh, hooves. Yeah, no. Yeah. Roots and then I spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That's a good visual. Love it. Okay, number three. What's next in your personal evolution? What is next in my personal evolution? You know, is doing a little bit of dreaming. Mm. I'm dreaming about what's next. So I'm not a planner. I'm really not a planner. In fact, and we talked about this already. In fact, I know that I have reacted in my life to a lot of wonderful opportunities that have come my way. And I would like to do a little bit of dreaming and thus some planning about what could be next in the next 10 years. I'm 51, let's say in the next nine years. I've got a two-year-old. That's not a combination we hear very often, two-year-old and 51. Oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number four, when your best friend is having a meltdown, what do you say to them? Oh, I got you. I'm here. I got you. Just lean on me. And last but not least, in this moment, what are you most looking forward to or most hopeful for? I'm hopeful to hit it out of the park in this conversation I need to do later. I need to do, I need a slam dunk. I'm really hopeful that on November 3rd, we see an amazing transformation in our country. As your neighbors to the north, I support that hope as well. Thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for the wisdom, with much gratitude that you joined us today, Claude. Likewise. Thank you so much. It was just a pleasure. I mean, I can't believe it's, uh, it's over already. I, I, 
could do this forever with you. <laughs> yeah, we really, really rattled through there. It was really good. I really appreciate you being so honest. And what really struck me is about all of your answers, no matter what the question was, you kind of boil it down into the, it's just come to something simple and it doesn't need to be something that you need to study for or work hard for or try to cultivate. It's just something that's innate within you. You, you know, your innate human qualities, your innate brilliance, whatever you want to call for it. You connect to that and you speak through that and you, you found your voice and you've got your roots and you've got all of these things that you do to keep your reservoir topped up. You know, I just think it's remarkable and it's just lovely to see how that just radiates out of you through, through what you're doing. And kudos to you for, for doing that all with a two-year-old. I have a two-year-old as well, so I know exactly what you're feeling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, one of the things I think about is, is definitely dreaming. Yeah, it's definitely something I, <laughs> that I can equate to in, in that scenario. So thank you so much, Claude. Thank you so much for the convo. This has been awesome. And I'm really psyched to have two new friends. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of TNT. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review. And when you're ready for your personal evolution, check out Reese at trueselfcoaching.com. And for your emotional intelligence revolution, check out Teresa at iqeqtq.com.